0: Live from WNUR News, I'm Brandon Condritz. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's April 24th, 2023. Tonight on WNUR News, this weekend's Boom Shaka performance on Northwestern's campus, a look at on-campus horticulture, more on TikTok bands across the nation, and this week's edition of The B-List. Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at Six. Thanks for tuning in. The dance moves and the drumsticks came together for Boom Shaka's 26th annual spring show titled Set in Motion. But this was also the last show for seniors. WNUR's Erica Schmidt has the story.
1: Step into the world of Boom Shaka. Shanley Pavilion's lights dimmed, and the drums and dancing came together for Boomshaka's 26th annual spring show this weekend. Set in motion was 90 minutes of student choreographed performances. Weinberg Senior Harrison Israel is one of the co executive producers for Boomshaka. Israel worked with the executive board to decide which proposed pieces would run during the performance.
2: Something that's really unique is we're able to do for this what are called small cast pieces which have like little segments of the cast. Not everyone is in every piece and it really brings out people's creativity and allows everyone to get a chance to write. And the show had several elements to it. It's simply a roller coaster of a show. We have sort of everything. There's a lot of humor in the show, which is really exciting, but there's also sort of some really intense, like serious vibes. There's some pieces that are sexier. There are some pieces that are really like angry and intense, and then a bunch that are humorous and fun.
1: Weinberg senior, Sophie Gilbert, is one of the two creative directors of Boom Shaka. As a dancer for the group, she mainly focuses on the artistic image of the show. She choreographed three of the pieces, including the opener to the song Bad
3: Girls by M.I.A. I'm doing the dancing. My friend Harrison is doing the drumming, and that's just like a full cast, like, fun, hype piece. I'm also choreographing a small cast piece to Me and Your Mama by Childish Gambino that's, again, drumming and dancing. And that was just kind of because that was a song I've always wanted to do a dance to, and I also thought it would sound really cool with drums.
1: This year, there were enough senior dancers and drummers to create a senior piece. Israel and Gilbert worked to create a performance to Greenlight by Lord. I do my makeup in somebody else's car.
2: It's kind of sad and nostalgic, but it's definitely a very emotional moment in the show.
1: Israel said there are some other ways Boomshaka celebrates the seniors' last show.
2: We do senior speeches before the Saturday 10 p.m. show, where all the seniors give sort of like an emotional, heartfelt speech, which is always a very sad and bittersweet moment.
1: Former Boomshaka drummer and Class of 2020 alumni Emily Coffey went to the Friday performances. Coffey said it is a common tradition for alumni to come to the spring shows until the last class of people they danced with graduates. This year, seniors that performed, including Israel and Gilbert, freshman freshmen when Coffee
3: was a senior. Before you do a spring show, you have all the other people in the group telling you like, oh, the alumni will be there, like the alumni will love this, or like you write different pieces of the show kind of thinking about the people who will be there. And so then when you become an alumni and you get to like be a part of the crowd, you get to see kind of the other side of that. So it's really fun to be an audience member and like see the parts that they're really excited about.
1: Coffee is now the staff advisor for the dance group. She said this was one of her most special shows to watch.
3: It was really an amazing show. It's so cool every year to see kind of how Boomshaka changes in a lot of ways and how it stays the same in other ways with each cast. But this year was one of my favorite shows, honestly. It was really, really exciting. All of the pieces are super fun and it's just a good representation of kind of what Boomshaka is like, how the performances can be both like silly and quick and like laughable, but also can have some really cool art on stage as well. But her favorite part of the show one of the like squids or the new members was facing off with one of the seniors with some drumming solos on the stools. And we were sitting in the audience with like the new member right in front of us. So we were really like cheering loud for him. And it's really fun to see kind of a boomshaka members like first spring show.
1: According to Coffee, Boomshaka's community even continues on as alumni.
3: It's super fun to be a part of and it's super fun to be an alumni as well, particularly because of the longevity of the group. Like we have 40 year olds who were Boomshaka founders. They came to the 20th anniversary show our freshman year and we were like just amazed by like how these people like started Boomshaka and now we're just like still here. So it's a really special community I think. <laughs>
1: Following the end of Saturday's show, the senior bucket tradition took place, where seniors receive a small white bucket with their name on it.
2: The underclassmen fill them with all sorts of treats and surprises and stuff. And that's a big full circle moment because when you first enter the group as like a new member, you get a white bucket that says your name and it says the word squid on it, which is what we call our new members.
1: As Gilbert wrapped up her final show this weekend, she is left with a feeling of bittersweetness.
3: I feel like I've learned so much each year and gotten to figure out kind of what my creative voice is. And this is like the final iteration of that. But it definitely makes me really sad. Like for me, I've been dancing since I was like three. It's just kind of always been a part of my life. So I feel like it hasn't really hit me yet that this is like the last time I'm ever going to get to
2: do a performance
1: like this. Like Gilbert, Israel is feeling a mix of emotions. But he is excited to see what the next group of leaders does.
2: I'm super proud of the show and I'm really proud of what the entire cast was able to do to put this together. I think it's our best show yet. There's so much variety in it, and it's just been an honor and a privilege getting to watch everyone over the year grow and develop their own creativity.
1: As the curtains went down and the drumsticks were put away, Boomshaka's spring show closed on Saturday with lots of tears. From WNUR News, I'm Erica Schmidt.
0: To Northwestern University's landscaping staff, campus horticulture is their assignment. Reporter Sarah Cadora has more.
4: At Northwestern University means more community members enjoying the outdoor spaces. The Evanston campus is known for its lakefront views, but the landscape onshore might just rival them in aesthetic appeal. Sarah White is Northwestern University's campus planner.
5: Northwestern University has really a long legacy of horticultural excellence. Certainly my predecessor here really took care to make sure that the landscape at Northwestern was meticulously maintained and really uh, something special.
4: Horticultural excellence means a lot of maintenance. That's where the Northwestern Grounds crew comes in. A team of 23 is responsible for maintaining every part of campus outside the footprint of a building. Steve Camburn manages the grounds crew on the Evanston campus. He's worked at Northwestern for 35 years. To Camburn, Northwestern's Evanston campus is a year-round job site, but spring events surrounding graduation make this time of year his busiest season.
6: Now our focus is to make the campus as you know it look as good as we possibly can. Ten can for commencement. That's our next big push is to, we're trying to prioritize those areas that will um, get the most attention um, for our graduation. So it's a combination of seeding and fertilizing and mulching and a little bit of planting. We'll have some annuals that will come in. We'll be planting some flowers.
4: Sarah White says that Cambern and his crew are a wealth of information when it comes to designing for the campus.
5: I think the fundamental goal of the landscape is for exterior spaces on campus to support student life. We have open lawns for people to use and sit in, and that kind of serve event functions and so forth. Some of them are historically significant, like the Deering Meadows, so we try to preserve that as an open space.
4: Rory Shafo is a third-year PhD candidate in the Plant Biology and Conservation Program. Shafo works as a teaching assistant for a class called Spring Flora. For her students, the campus landscape isn't just a backdrop to where learning takes place. It is the learning.
7: It's, quite, it's a quite green campus in terms of tree canopy cover. So we'll walk around pretty much the entire campus and look at the different trees. And then a, a hot spot kind of for us is the Shakespeare Garden.
5: Another really special thing about the landscape at Northwestern is the Shakespeare Garden, which has been here for a very long time and was designed by famous American landscape architect Jens Jensen. So that's kind of a really special kind of legacy landscape on the campus.
4: White says she hopes that Northwestern students take time when walking around campus to appreciate the flora around them.
5: The oak groves on the North and South campus are truly amazing. Everywhere you go here, there's like these nooks and crannies that are just like really spectacular in the landscape. And I feel like it's something that's easy to just kind of take for granted. But if you stop and pause and take a look around you, I mean, you'll really quickly understand what a special place this is and how the landscape contributes to that. Shafo says that making
4: people aware of the plants around them is a big deal in the plant conservation world.
7: And my hope is that people just, you know, notice a plant a day. Really, right? It's like, you don't have to go out and like hiking is not your thing and you don't want to like go and spend all day looking at plants, like that's fine. But Right now is such an incredible time to watch the leaves emerge from the trees. And if you blink it, you can kind of miss it, uh, but it's a really incredible time to, you know, to witness. And I think that when people start to notice the plants around them and these changes that occur through the season, um, I think it makes people care more about them. And I think that can, can do so much for um, conservation and you know, it just makes people more, uh, I think, yeah, care more. Um, when you when you when you put a name to something or or put an identity to something, right? When we like you know, give someone personality or we get to know them, we just care about them more. And I think it's the, the same for plants. For
4: WNUR News, I'm Sarah Kadora
0: Last Friday Montana passed legislation to ban TikTok on personal devices. As U.S. officials also call for this ban, it begs the question, is a ban feasible? And why are officials calling for it now? Creators, users, and experts weigh in. Ellie Stevens has the story.
8: This past March, the Biden administration threatened to ban the popular app TikTok, citing concerns over national security. That is, unless the owner, Chinese company ByteDance, sold the app to an American company. Then last Friday, Montana became the first U.S state to pass legislation banning TikTok on personal devices. The bill was sent to the governor. This action led to rage amongst creators and users.
6: I just think it would be kind of disheartening to see like an app get completely shut down. I think it's a certain small group of people who have a lot of power who have decided that this app poses some threat to that
8: power. That's Weinberg Sophomore and TikTok creator. Emily Hancock, Emmer's Glue on TikTok. She heard about the TikTok ban from TikTok itself and initially had many concerns.
6: There's a platform where people are sharing information that otherwise might not get
8: shared. However, Hancock noted that even if TikTok was banned across the country, it could easily be replaced by other platforms.
6: I think that like the realistic way that it happens would be that they ban that app and then maybe like an American company comes up with the same thing. And I think that we've kind of seen that happen already a little bit, like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram.
8: Northwestern sophomore and TikTok user Alex Chon has noted that there's already a lot of crossover between platforms. I think that too, like a lot of social media platforms have already copied TikTok and, you know, adapted their own platforms to have short form content. Chon says because of the similarities between platforms, he's confused about the ban. I would be taken aback a little bit just because I I, I don't know why specifically TikTok as a platform would be banned as opposed to other social media platforms. Hancock says what differentiates TikTok from other companies like Instagram and Facebook is who owns it.
6: There's never been any real uproar about those companies, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're owned by Americans. No one really cares or everyone turns a blind eye when it's Mark Zuckerberg who's got everyone's data.
8: According to a report by CNN Business, U.S. officials have expressed concern that the Chinese government could get access to user data through ByteDance. Northwestern professor of design and co-director of the Center for Human-Computer Interaction and Design, Dr. Elizabeth Gerber, says while general concerns over data security are valid, they extend way past TikTok.
9: And So I don't want to just critique TikTok and say I'm concerned about TikTok as a security threat. I think we should be rightly concerned about um, many technologies. This is not about one country spying on another. This is about generally much broader about um, accessing data about people's locations and activities um, for good and for potential evil.
8: Ultimately, Gerber says data security is a pressing concern, but it's something we should be concerned about across apps, not just with
9: TikTok. This is a society tendency to, we want something to blame. In the 80s or something, there was a trend towards fat-free food and everybody was down on fat. It's all about fat is the bad one. Well, no, processed foods are actually, sure we can pick on fat, but this is, this is a much broader concern about the nature of processed food. So I just wanna open this up and say, this is a much bigger concern beyond TikTok. This is, a, this is a concern about the casualness with which we are giving data.
8: Gerber explains problems with data security issues can cause serious harm.
9: Whether it's national, interpersonal, there's issues right now of domestic abuse and people tracking their um, people they abuse through their phone connections.
8: So while there are legitimate concerns addressed in the ban, is it even possible to ban TikTok?
9: I think the idea that politicians are thinking state by state that they can they can block this is naive. There's many workarounds that if people want to access this technology, they will. So if it's not feasible and users can just
8: move to other apps if it were to be enacted, then why is the Biden administration discussing this ban?
9: In my opinion, politicians do not understand technology. Given that these are the leaders of our comp- our country, and the role that technology plays in our country, it's it's really, it's scary how little they know. And so my cynical view on, on why politicians are acting is it's symbolic, it's performative. They want to show that they care.
8: If the governor signs off on it, Montana's bill to ban TikTok will go into effect January 1st, 2024. US officials continue to demand the sale of TikTok. The future of the app is unknown, but one thing is for sure, data security is a real concern and TikTok is definitely not the only app you should be concerned about. Check the privacy settings on your phone and consider toggling off Share My Location in Apps. And if you liked what you heard from Dr. Gerber, please check out her podcast, Technical Difficulties, for more conversations like these. From WNUR News, I'm Ellie Stevens.
0: Thanks for staying with us. It's 6.17 p.m. Central Time. Coachella's new headliner, the purge of Twitter's legacy checkmark, and a series of flagrant two fouls in the NBA playoffs. Kara Totley has all of that and much more in this week's edition of The B-List.
10: Welcome to The B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, Coachella, Twitter, blue check purge, an 199 song album, problems with the Lilo and Stitch live action casting, Marvel's first F-bomb, and a series of injections in the NBA playoffs. In celebrity news, Coachella Weekend 2 happened this week with the change in headliners. Sunday's headliner Frank Ocean pulled out of his headlining spot and was replaced by Blink-182. Although, it's not all bad for Coachella. After seven years, Zendaya made her comeback to the stage. Labyrinth brought Zendaya on as a surprise guest to sing with him, I'm tired and all for us. Last Thursday, Twitter began to remove checkmarks from various legacy Twitter accounts that have not signed up for its subscription service. However, Elon Musk revealed that he is personally paying for celebrities such as William Shatner, Lebron James, and Stephen King's Twitter Blue subscriptions. In music, Max DeMarco dropped his album One Wayne G last Friday. Until three months ago, the Canadian singer-songwriter hadn't put out music in four years. I guess he had something to prove with his newest album being nearly nine hours long with 199 songs. Most of the songs are either demos or sketches of material recorded between 2018 and early 2023. In movies, David and Lilo and Stitch live action has been recast and we will now be played by Kopal Dudua instead of Kahawi Machado. The decision to recast the actor results from a previous post of Machado using racial slurs was uncovered on social media. Although, that's not the only problem the Disney live action has run into when it comes to casting. After the news broke of Machado's replacement, recast Nani began to trend on Twitter. This was in reference to the whitewashing and colorism accusations that sparked in response to Sidney Aguadong being cast as Nani. Earlier this week, a new clip of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was released. The clip contained the first ever F-bomb in MCU history. In sports, flagrant two-fouls have become prominent in this year's NBA playoffs. Last Monday, Draymond Green was ejected for a flagrant two-foul after stomping on DeMontis Sabanis. Another one was called on James Harden on Thursday for hitting Royce O'Neill in the groin. Again on Saturday, Dylan Brooks was ejected for hitting LeBron James in the groin during Game 3. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Cara Totally.
0: A look at the weather for tonight. You can expect temps around 40 degrees with some substantial cloud cover. There's a 75% chance of rain overnight continuing into tomorrow morning, so grab that umbrella as you head out the door to school or work. As you kick off your Tuesday, temps will hover around 43 degrees, so a coat wouldn't hurt either. For the rest of the week, temperatures will creep into the 50s and 60s with the occasional shower. Taking a look into the headlines, Northwestern's women's lacrosse team is ranked number one in the country for the first time since 2013. Their win over then number 12 Maryland helped them secure a Big Ten regular season victory. NU is slated to be a potential host for this year's NCAA tournament. In Evanston news, a person died this morning after being struck by a Metra train at the Central Street Station. The Union Pacific North Line, which runs from Ogilvy Transportation Center all the way up to Kenosha, Wisconsin, suspended service in both directions, causing significant delays throughout the morning. A lot's been going on in the journalism world today. Talk show show host Tucker Carlson, excuse me, was let go from Fox News with little explanation this morning. Fox issued a short statement saying they, quote, thank him for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a contributor, end quote. His last show was on Friday. At CNN, host Don Lemon was also let go this morning with little explanation as well. Carlson has yet to make official comment, but Lemon did issue a statement stating the network did not have, quote, the decency, end quote, to inform him of his termination directly. North Dakota signed a bill into law today banning abortion at six weeks. It is now one of the strictest anti-abortion laws in the country, signed by Republican Governor Doug Burgum. While it is designed to take effect immediately, the state's Supreme Court has temporarily halted its implementation while a lawsuit over its constitutionality proceeds. Ukraine is believed to be preparing for a major counteroffensive against Russia following strikes on a naval base in Crimea today. These attacks are the latest in a series of attempted strikes on the area, which Russia illegally annexed in 2014. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m., for more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, WNUR.news. That's WNUR.news. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our producer today is Amelia Donhauser, and our reporters are Erica Schmidt, Sarah Kadora, Ellie Stevens, and Kara Totley. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Brandon Condritz. Catch our next newscast on Wednesday, April 26th at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.